You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. We were off last week, but we are back today, and we have got a loaded show we're going to give some NFL predictions today. We're going to have some fun looking at the upcoming NFL season. We've got a couple of preseason games under our belt, uh, but we've got thoughts and, and excitement for the upcoming season, and we'll let you know uh, which teams we believe will take the biggest jump forward, which teams will take a step back. I've got four teams uh, that I specifically want to talk about today as well. Uh, also, we'll have a little fun. We'll catch up with Luke in just a moment. But Luke did something that will prevent me from ever going to his house. It's over. I'm never going to go to his house. So that that sad uh, announcement uh, will be made momentarily. Uh, he told me what he did over the weekend. And so uh, very concerning on, on my end. Um, but I uh, want some fun with that. Also, we'll, of course, do unpack this today. And I want to talk about. The Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens winning 22 straight preseason games. Is this amazing? Is this silly? Is it meaningless? We'll talk about it from a spiritual standpoint, how, can, how it can actually encourage us today. So uh, it's, it's a wild, wild uh, scenario for, for the Ravens to do this. So, so we'll, uh, we'll unpack that a little bit. Uh, for sure. Uh, we also will do tap drill uh, and we'll talk a little NBA during that, that segment. And also how about urban Meyer coming back to broadcasting? We'll give you our thoughts on that as well. We are brought to you by MetaShare. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality and m- the members of MetaShare save up to 50% or more per month on average, on their healthcare costs. And they say that a typical family saves up to $500 per month. So uh, here's the best part. You can become a member at any time. We do have open enrollment coming up this fall. Uh, and so, uh, but any time's a great time. And and so uh, I'm a member of my family. We've been members for over six years. And, and really, it's the best alternative to health insurance uh, that allows Christians to share one another's medical bills. And it's the nation's largest healthcare sharing community and has a proven track record of, of 30 years, almost 30 years. So uh, very excited to partner with MetaShare. You can go to MetaShare.com slash unpackingit, MetaShare.com slash unpackingit. All right, let's, uh, let's say hello to Luke. And Luke, what did you do this weekend? What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? Well, you know, I love the dramatic intro. Um, I'm sorry it was disappointing. However, I'm going to convince you to come visit me 
and my new dog. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Bryce said he can't come to my place now because I have a new dog. It wasn't because I took him to what he thought was an underwhelming Mexican food place when he last visited. It's because I brought home an incredible dog. So very excited. Madeline's first dog ever. I grew up with dogs, and we've had a cat our whole marriage. I married into that one and love the cat. But now we have a dog. Very exciting. Well, I'm happy for you. And for those that that don't know, I am allergic to dogs. So I have always been... For the most part, yeah. Dogs are, are worse hmm. for me. And and so... I hypoallergenic. Aussie doodle. I, I don't want to hear about the hypoallergenic. <laughs> but but I, I have always been allergic to dogs. And so I have grown to fear dogs. I have grown to dislike dogs. And I love dogs in movies. You know, the Homeward Bound and so many great <laughs> Air Bud. A lot of the classics growing up. Yeah. Uh, so I love a good dog. You know, so it's not like... It's not that I don't like the idea of dogs but for me i can't i can't be around them my brother got a dog i rarely go to his house you know certain family uh gatherings i have to suck it up a little bit and then sneeze for the rest of the evening but uh (laughs) but but other than that i I do try to avoid you know if my friends have dogs i just don't i just don't go to their houses so but i how do you how do you supplement having no pets do you try to justify a fish as a pet or a guinea pig luke i like people I, 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 I'm a fan of people. I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need it. I'm, I'm good. So, so I, I mean, I'm passionate about this. Why <laughs> you would ever get pets such as hamster, guinea pig, fish. I mean, get that out of here. We were fish. at PetSmart. Fish. We were at Pets. Oh, come on. It's not even a pet. You want to look at it. Fine. It, let's just be honest with what we're doing. I bought a fish to look at it. That's great. Not a pet. No relationship <laughs> whatsoever there. It's like but, a decoration. Uh, so we were at PetSmart buying uh, stuff for the dog before we got him. And I overheard a PetSmart employee talking to these folks about a guinea pig. She's like, oh, they're great. Just like dogs. You'll love them. <laughs> I, I told Matt, I looked at Madeline. I said, do I need to step in here? Because, I mean, this is, I mean, this is lying at its best. I mean, it's the biggest uh, lie I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, do I need to go say something to these poor people getting suckered into a guinea pig? thinking it's going to be like a dog, get it out of here. I didn't say anything, but, man, my ears were perked. My chest was puffed up. I was ready. I mean, I was ready to get in there and do some damage. <laughs> so you're – all right, you're a dog guy. So what is the name of your dog? So uh, about 30 minutes ago, we named him. Oh. Um, his name is Rookie. 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 Okay. Rook for short. Rookie. So that's the name. And, for Our and- first dog – we got him about after our rookie year of marriage. So he's five okay. months old. He's five months old, already crate trained, already potty trained, house trained. Perfect beginner dog for Madeline. Very cool. All right. Well, I'm happy for you. I won't be visiting, but, uh, but I'm glad uh, you guys are excited about the, the newest addition to your, uh, to your home. So, so there Shannon you go. commented, they have a lizard. Don't get me started on lizards. Oh, Don't get man. me started. Man, no, I, I had a pet frog growing up. That was the only one. His name was Muggsy. But other than that, <laughs> he didn't last long. So that was it. That was it. Um, all right. So we'll. Uh, so congratulations. Let, let's. We're going to talk a lot of NFL today. Of course, from now until February, it'll probably be a, a lot of football. Of course, college football as well. But uh, 
you know, I've watched a little preseason. I've been keeping up with things. I had my fantasy draft over the weekend, uh, my first of, of many. Um, and, and quick side note on the fantasy. So tomorrow, make sure you check out the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. And then also, we have Unpacking It Fantasy Leagues for you to join. So join us, play fantasy with Luke and myself and Henry. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Henry during tap drill in just a little bit. Uh, but we'd love for you to join us on, on one of our fantasy uh, one of our fantasy leagues. So go to unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Uh, but but a lot going on in the football world. And we'll, we'll, Luke and I will share what we're convinced of, and then we're going to dive deeper into it in just a little bit. But here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced there will be four NFL teams that won their division last year that won't win it this year. Those teams. The Tampa Bay Bucks, the Tennessee Titans, your Dallas Cowboys, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, Chris, our producer. Those are the teams that I do not believe will make or will uh, will win their division. Uh, a couple of them might make the playoffs, but I don't think they will win their division. So we'll talk more about that later. What are you convinced of, Luke? So I'm not as devastated at your Cowboys take as you expected me because I'm convinced we should be terrified of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. I'm not right. necessarily willing to say they're guaranteed gonna, going to win the division because they were 9-8 last year. They didn't have a ton of good wins. And they went on a four-game winning streak to end the season, all divisional games. But goodness gracious, did they get better. And they are so talented. I'm Team Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to have a monster season. And I don't know, this notion that the Cowboys, oh, bad division. Yeah, we're fine. I don't know. The Eagles are here, I think. I think they've arrived, and they're going to do some damage this year. The Giants are not that far away. New coaching staff, a lot of talented players. They're there. And the Commandos, whether you like it or not, they've got a ton of talent too. And if they figure it out mm. how to put a product on the field, I mean, they're my least worried team, but I'm most convinced the Eagles are going to be a team that is slept on that's going to do some damage this year. All right, that's that's good. That's I'm 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 in on the Eagles as well. And you know, you, the team that I've been talking about for the last, you know, probably a couple of months, I'm out on the Tampa Bay Bucks. So that's there, there's no question there. But I will say over these last couple of weeks when Tom Brady stepped away from the team, this was confirming how I feel about the Bucks heading into the season. And I know Apparently he's back or he's coming back this week and, and that's okay. That's fine to me. It's still all so weird. And another offensive lineman got hurt in their preseason game. The yeah. bucks are, are they're not, they're, they're just not the kind of team that you'd expect coming off the last two seasons. And once Tom Brady, you know, opened the door to retirement to me, that opened up the door for his collapse because it's going to happen one season. And, and so I just expect it to be this season because he's already excited about Fox. He's already got this, you know, number one broadcasting deal all locked up. He's already, he's so focused on the next thing. And then I love the rumors over the last couple of weeks of where was Tom Brady these last two weeks? He's on personal reasons. Now it may have been something serious. It may have been something very concerning. They didn't want to talk about. We don't know. It was all a mystery, but the theory of him being on the mass singer. Ooh, I like that. Come I like on. that. Oh yeah. That's good. So I am a Mass Singer fan. Jody and I watch it. We love it. Always fun. Uh, last Team Mass Dancer. Mass no, Dancer. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, just Mass Singer. That's it. But if Tom Brady was doing that the last couple of weeks, that's hilarious. 
But even, even with that, that again would confirm that he's not all in on this season. So everything just doesn't line up for me this year with the Bucs, and it's opening up the door for the Baker Mayfield-led Carolina Panthers. It's now official. I told you that a couple weeks ago. Don't, don't buy all this, the quarterback competition stuff. Forget Sam Darnold. It is Baker Mayfield. It is the Panthers. And I, I was with all my high school buddies, a lot of Panthers fans over the weekend, and I'm still having to convince Panthers fans that this is a good Panther roster and that Baker is going to make this team good enough to make the playoffs and I think good enough to win the win the win the division um but now that it's official it's nice to where he can actually own the locker room you don't you don't have to share it you get all the first team reps let's go there's only a couple weeks till the season but it, it's time to uh to get going so don't those you are the- wish don't you wish Tom Brady just hung it up like all these things unless he knows unless he's just so good to where it doesn't matter what's going on he's going to deliver but if this year it's atrocious, and the Bucks crash and burn. It's why was it worth it? You won a Super Bowl, then you ran it back, and yep. proved it wasn't a fluke. You played well yeah. into the playoffs. Had a chance against the Rams. Exactly. Came back in that Even game. then, hang it up. Everyone yeah. thinks it's a great season, but if it crashes and burns this year, we don't want to see Tom Brady go out that way. No, and think about it. We had the whole Miami Dolphin situation. Now, yesterday, the Las Vegas Raiders apparently were going to get Brady and Gronk. I mean, yeah. all this stuff. From a crazy me, source, apparently. Yeah, yeah crazy Dana White. Source. But, yeah, but Dana to, White's to me, reporting that. All this stuff coming out of Tom Brady camp, the Bucks camp, from Leonard Fournette to all the injuries to, I, I just, I, you know, Todd Bowles taking over as head coach is just an interesting thing with Bruce Arians, you know, just winning a Super Bowl two years ago. Now he's out. So all of it to me just points to this not being a great season for the Bucs and, and the end for, for Tom Brady. I was actually starting to believe that he was just going to retire. I was believing that too, uh, that he, that's why he was gone for a couple weeks and he'd come back. He would, whenever he, he emerged, it would be, sorry guys, I'm done. But we'll see. But he we'll can't see. because of Adam Schefter. You ruined it. I'm dying on that hill. He cannot he retire it. because he has to spite Adam Schefter. That's the only reason he's playing. Oh my only gosh. reason. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the mass Singer, here's a, a little poll question today. What is your favorite sort of goofy show that you uh, you maybe don't always love admitting that you're a fan of? Maybe it's maybe it's a reality show. Uh, I'd be curious what that what that is for you. Hopefully, it's nothing that's that's inappropriate, but. Um, but a show that, that you, you know, you're like, ah, yeah, people give me a hard time about it, but it's a great show. I'd be curious what that, what that is for you, but uh, what? that's the mass singer for me. Okay. The mass singer. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're committed. I'm sure. Do you get, is it pretty consistent? The hate you get from being a mass singer fan or is Charlotte, this masked singer <laughs> hub for, <laughs> for My only fandom? I really only have one friend. That's Chris, our producer, that likes the Mass Singer. So I, I really don't have a lot of people huh. to uh, connect with on that. So that's. I well, don't know. But if but if Brady yeah. is there, if he's in it this season, that will that will draw some interest. That's for sure. I could see him being a good singer. Really, I don't he know. He doesn't have Mister Deep quarterback voice. Like he's got, he's not Mister yeah. Baritone. Mm. Like he, I think he could he could deliver a good musical number. Thank you for your analysis. That's great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's gonna be great. He's gonna be great. Hey, if all but, these if all these basketball players on ESPN can now be NFL insiders, then like your your Duke, you're boy, a voice expert. 
who uh like who who your uh, your dookie oh uh, jj J- yeah well no 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 not him the other guy who's on early 2000s he's on espn all the time now he's a football a, a basketball no. player that does football <laughs> well not inside jay like, williams he, jay williams Oh. He's like giving hot takes about the NFL and what Tom Brady is. I'm like, dude, come on. So if he's Please doing that, I'm giving Matt. I'm giving Mass Singer insight there on you the go. show. You can All you right. can count on me. I, I like it. I like it. All right, so we'll uh, we'll jump in to unpack this and. The NFL preseason, we all know, like, you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's football. It's back. You know, it's it's on during primetime situations. It was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had four days of, of games, which was which was fun. And I like seeing, you know, some of the younger players, some of the rookies. You get a, you get an idea of, of what some of these teams are, are rolling out this year. And, you know, teams like the Giants that have a new coaching staff, they go a little bit deeper or a little bit longer with their starters, and they're trying some different things. And, you know, you also have to think about the, the personal side of the preseason, too, where these guys, the dream is is either being achieved or it's ending oh, with these final yeah. cuts. With, Do you watch you know, Hard Knocks? I haven't yet, but but that same type of feel where you yeah. see these guys and they, they get the, the call to say, hey, bring in your playbook. Uh, those are always tough, tough situations. But these guys get maybe one play during preseason, you know, one big opportunity for a catch. And if it's, it's make or break, like they may not, they're already, they're going to be off the roster. If they miss that one key block or that one catch, uh, which is crazy. So the preseason is just a very kind of unique part of what the NFL does and and what it's all about. But the Baltimore Ravens (laughs) going back to 2016 have now won 22 straight. And my opinion on this is that it's fantastic, that it is impressive and it is remarkable and, and really unbelievable. I'm, I'm well, almost yeah. willing to say that it's harder to win in the preseason this consistently. Yes. yes. So like joking aside, oh, it's hilarious. They won 22 in a row. No, this is actually one of the more impressive streaks in sports in my lifetime, if you think about it. Preseason, yeah. like, to your point, they're the most difficult to win games because you're not trying to win them. That's right. You don't try to win these games. So the fact that you've won 22 in a row, it's unbelievable. Because here's the key. It's not like they're playing Lamar Jackson. They're not playing their starters in order no. to win the game. They're, they're, just, they're playing third stringers, fourth stringers, yeah. yet they've won 22 straight. They're voluntarily putting out players who are not going to be in the final roster for games and yet they've won 22 of them in a row it's it's yeah people are gonna laugh about it but actually if you're if you're watching right now think about it it's unbelievable will we ever see any something like ever again the cowboys (laughs) can't win two in a row yeah 22 in a row so here at unpacking it we like to take sports topics and, and sports kind of uh stories uh and relate them to our own lives parallel the bible and, and so I've been wanting to write about and talk about this Baltimore Ravens preseason effort uh, for a while because I just find it so fascinating. But now they, they I guess they have the record. Um, there's some other record that's a little questionable because the Packers years ago in the early days, they beat like a or they lost to a college all-star team and it messed up their record. But anyway, they won a bunch of games. So this is this is the record officially with the Ravens 22 straight. But but here's here's the deal. Even though we, we laugh about the Ravens, I, I love and appreciate how this reveals 
that they have a winning culture and their focus is always on winning. And it's evident with the Ravens organization because ever since they've been in Baltimore, they've been a winning organization. Um, and so to me, this is just one more example that they approach preseason, not, not lackadaisically, not like, ah, who cares? It's meaningless. No, we're going to go out. We, every time we step on the field, we expect to win. We want to win. The goal is to win. And it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It doesn't matter if it's preseason, regular season, the playoff. You know, the goal is to win. Um, and and I, I love that attitude and that mentality. And so since 2016, you know, they've won in the preseason. But guess what? It's also translated into the regular season as well because they've got a 60 and 37 record. They've won 62% of their regular season games. They've averaged 10 wins a season. And, and so, you know, no, they don't win every regular season game. It doesn't fully translate. And yes, before you say it, the Rams, they don't care about preseason. They won the Super Bowl last year. So there are different approaches. But what I love about this Ravens mentality is it's win no matter what. It's all about every time, every year, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. Um, and so how does this translate to, to our lives? Well, I believe we have to drop the it's just preseason attitude in our own lives and embrace a winning mentality. And, and so what is that winning mentality? We talked a couple of weeks ago about Bill Russell and, and winning, and we went a different, a different direction with that. But today, as followers of Jesus, we've got to stop acting like, you know, supposedly uh, meaningless things don't matter when in reality they do. Because all too often we'll up approach things in life and it's like, ah, it's not a big deal or, uh, you know, certain activities, certain situations that, that we just kind of disregard or we downplay. But what if we had a consistent attitude where everything we do and how we do it is viewed in a way that it does matter and actually has the opportunity to bring God glory? That everything we do, it was actually, no, uh, the winning mentality is I want to bring God glory. I want to bring God glory because first Corinthians 10 31 tells us. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So what if, what if we did everything to please honor and make much of God? What, what if we turned? what if we actually never turned off our passion for winning people to Christ? That's ah, just the preseason. That's eh, just the preseason. That eh, doesn't matter. That eh, doesn't matter. No, we just, we always have that mentality, that winning mentality, that passion for winning people to Christ. And what if we viewed every time we stepped onto the field, so to speak, as an opportunity to serve Jesus and point people to him? So every day we step into our job, every day we step into our home, every day we step into our, our neighborhood. And, and it's just this attitude, it's this mentality, it's the winning culture that we have in our lives. Are we embracing that? Are we living that out? Colossians 3.17 in the Amplified Version says, Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence on him, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so what if we actually, you know, again, did everything in the name of the Lord and said, I'm, I'm depending on him, I'm trusting him, I'm, I'm desiring to act like him, I'm desiring to point people back to him, that that was what we did. And, and, and again, it wasn't, well, this is the preseason. This is the regular season. This is, a, this is practice over here. This, 
No, no, no. Everything we do. Everything we do across the board. Well, no, that's my work life. This is my home life. No, no, no. no. Jesus is with me always. I'm going to live for him always. And I'm going to bring God glory in everything I do. And, and, and listen, we're not going to be perfect at this, but, but it's, it's more of an attitude. It's a culture. The Ravens end up, don't, you know, they don't win every regular season game, but that's what they're about. Um, and they make decisions based on that. They're not the Miami Dolphins who like to lose, right? So today, the encouragement for us is let's embrace the winning culture that approaches life through the lens of eternity, that desires to bring God glory in everything we do, and knows that nothing we do for him is ever just a meaningless preseason game. Things have purpose when they're aligned with him. And, and so every day can have so much purpose and meaning when we're seeking to do it for God, with God, uh, and for his glory. And so last, last verses to share, Colossians, Amplified Version, 323 through 24. Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord, not from men, that you will receive the inheritance which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. So that's who we serve. That's who we live for. When we step out of the field, yeah, we do it with enthusiasm and excitement and with a desire to win. We want to win in life, but, but winning is bringing God glory. Uh, so that's the message today, uh, living for him and uh, pointing everything back to him, honoring him in all that we do, everything we do. All right, Luke, you can unpack that. What's your take on, uh, yeah, just kind of how we, how we differentiate sometimes. Well, this is kind of meaningless. This is preseason versus viewing everything with that, with that winning mentality. Yeah, it's actually really timely. So, at uh, at church, <clears throat> we've been going through the book of James all summer, and you know something you see in the book of James is he gets at this. I mean, the whole book is about you know, how to be a, like, what is life? What is behavior as a Christian? You're a Christian, all right. Live in such a way. Do in such a way. Not in order to be saved. Obviously, we uphold. We should uphold as Christians. You're saved by faith through grace, not by works. But being a Christian, my pastor says this all the time, is discipleship. It is not, I agree to some intellectual claims about who Jesus is. Oh, yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus died for my sins. But then we don't actually follow him with our lives. Like, yes, we're saved by faith, but also we a, a genuine Christian— lives a life following Jesus. A Christian follows Jesus, not just agrees to some things about Christ. So this idea that, oh, this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter, I've got my work life, I've got my church life. No. Are you a follower of Jesus or are you not? Mm. Like, of course we're going to be imperfect. Of course there's going to be environments, there's going to be times, seasons where we struggle to follow Jesus, where there's elements in our lives we haven't repented of. But overall, Christians are followers of Jesus and are repenting of sin, are seeking to know him more, follow him in all aspects of life, there's no room for, ah, this doesn't really matter in my life with Christ. No, I believe he's the son of God. I believe he died for my sins, but I don't really have to repent of this area. I don't have to give this area to him. No, the book of James is is clear. Are you a follower of Jesus or are you not? And, and it, especially in the Bible Belt, 
Were you? Are you technically in the Bible Belt? Is Charlotte in that? Oh yeah, I'm one in I'm one of the loops. Uh, okay, <laughs> one of the loops. That's funny. So, especially in Texas, it's. I, I had this conversation before. Is it harder to evangelize in a place like Texas, or in a place like uh, Portland, for example? Portland, you, if you're not a Christian, you hate God more. There's there's not really cultural Christianity near as much as in Texas, where many people think they're saved, many people think they're Christians, but they actually don't follow Christ. And so I'm around that all the time here in Texas, and. It's just something we have to push back against. So this is an mm. important reminder that, no, there is no preseason and regular season. It's we are following Jesus. Every day is important to live our lives following him, not just agreeing to certain things in our mind and then our lives don't—how we live doesn't really matter. That That's not what a follower of Jesus is. Strong. And it's harsh. It's challenging. It's, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> it's harsh. And again, it's not saying that we have to do works to be saved. That's not what it is. But if you've placed your faith in Christ and you've been given, this is about if you have the Holy Spirit or not. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to be following Jesus because you've been, Holy. the Holy Spirit is God. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you may just agree to some things but never actually follow him with your life. But if God's given you his Spirit, you're going to follow Jesus. So it's a question we really have to ask ourselves. Yeah, we're going to want to do things for his glory. That's that's going to be our motivation. That's that's the the winning culture that we'll want our lives to be represented by. That man, yeah, he's he's a Jesus follower. He's about he's about God. Man, that guy's about God. And so when we're talking about the Ravens today, man, they're about winning. <laughs> it's the preseason, but they're about winning. So yeah, uh, that's that's the challenge for us as uh, as we follow Jesus. Yeah, they're they're about man. That guy's about Jesus. So that's what that's what I want to be. That's what that's how I want to be represented for sure. All right, so you can check that out. Uh, it'll go out in email form later today. We call it Unpack This, and it goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can subscribe for free on our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe, and, uh, and read more devotionals throughout the week. All right, let's talk some NFL coming up this season and, and curious everybody else's thoughts as well. And we'll start with this question. Which NFL team is going to take the biggest step back this year, I've already mentioned the Bucks, which I think they will. But I also believe very confidently the Tennessee Titans will. And last year was really a, a an impressive, special year for them. I, I gave them a, a decent amount of love as the, as the year went on with what they were able to do with, and sometimes maybe a lack of talent or at least a lack of big-name players. And I think Mike Vrabel is a really good head coach, and he maximized that roster last year, even after Derrick Henry was out for, for most of the season. But their yeah. appearance in the playoffs as the number one seed was such a letdown. And Ryan Tannehill just isn't, he just isn't the guy. It was very evident. And, and I think this year, with the division being much better, it's still not an elite division, but the, I believe the Colts will win the division. But the Jags are going to have a significant improvement and the Houston Texans are going to be better. They still have a ways to go, but they're going to be much better. And so the Titans aren't going to be able to roll through their division. And I just don't think that they got better enough in the offseason. You were talking about A.J. Brown on the Eagles. Well, that means A.J. Brown isn't on the Titans. And, and so I'm not sure they, they replaced him well enough 
they they lost uh, Dante Foreman. He's now with the Panthers as a backup running back. So I, I just think they they'll take a big step back and they'll they'll miss the playoffs this year. Who's that team for you? Who takes a big step back? Big step back, Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Man, I know now they finished eleven and six. So it's like ah, I could see them winning around that many games. Let's not forget they started ten and two. And had a major letdown in the playoffs against the Rams, where what, scored eleven points. Or I mean, it was not good. You have Hopkins missing six games, a lot of shenanigans with Kyler Murray. I know you're out on Kyler Murray, and <laughs> I like James Conner. He was huge for me last year, but he was feasting on touchdowns. Is that going to be? Is he going to be able to repeat that? We'll see. But I'm not counting on the Cardinals. Now, they'll be able to have two guaranteed wins against the Seahawks. That's nice to pad their record. <laughs> but shout out to Sean, uh, who comes to Unpacked Lunch and the Fantasy Call. Big Seahawks fan. But, yeah, for me, I was just looking through Super Bowl odds. And they're not listed too high, but I'm looking for them. I, I don't think they'll match or improve on last year. I think no, they can. I- it's going to be a step back from them. Ultimately, I still don't buy into Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Like that duo, to me, I have no confidence in. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And and again, what they showed in the playoffs and Kyler Murray in the playoffs last year was such a letdown. And I think oftentimes that lingers. Like when you can't count on your quarterback in the playoffs. Now, if your team loses and, and your quarterback still played well and put you in a position, I think you can you can rally and say, all right, we'll be back. We'll be back. Like Green Bay, they lost a tough one, but they know they still have Aaron Rodgers, so they're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, like I think they'll be third in the division. Rams will win the division, and then the Niners, and then so Arizona, the Cardinals then, will be third. Then the Seahawks. Yep. yep. All right. So on the flip side, which team do we think will make the biggest leap from last year? So we'd love to hear those of you listening and watching live. Let let us know your your thoughts as well. Uh, but I've already mentioned the Panthers. I'm I'm all in. I think they're going to make a huge leap this year. But I also think the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I, last year, I was totally out on Jacksonville. We'll talk about Urban Meyer in a little bit, but I was out on Urban Meyer and him trying to lead the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't think Trevor Lawrence is an all-time quarterback because he came in as an number one pick. There's a lot of hypes around him. I don't think he'll necessarily live up to that fully, but he was still a number one pick, a highly successful college quarterback. He's got the skills. He's got the talent. He's He's going to be... Very good this second season. I just drafted him over the weekend in fantasy. So I'm in on him. And then I'm also in on Travis Etienne, the running back coming off an injury last year. So we have to to move past the negativity from last season. It was a dumpster fire in Jacksonville. But they have good players. They spent some money in free agency. Did they overpay? Yes. But they still spent money in free agency to bring weapons in to surround Trevor Lawrence. You've got Evan Ingram at tight end who maybe kind of underachieved in New York. Give him a fresh start. You've got Christian Kirk getting out of that disaster in Arizona. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let him come and shine. Um, so they're going to be much better. So that, that's the team That's the team for me. Who, who do you like making a leap? So, yeah, I mentioned the Eagles. Uh, I think they've got a great chance to make a leap because not a difficult division. And I don't think the Cowboys are a guaranteed division winner. Um, I typically look at sports with a little more pessimism than others, but I think the Eagles have a great chance to win a ton of division games, but really take that next step 
Um, because everyone had written them off last year, and they still finished 9-8. and eight. And I, I'd say that's really that impressive, shocker. and they had a ton of weapons. Two other teams I want to mention. One, I don't know if this will be noticed necessarily in the record, but I expect to see a significant... I expect this season to give us hope for the next five years, which is the Lions. Yeah. I bought in on Dan Campbell, and they've got a lot of talent. They're the fan and, favorites this year, no question. Absolutely. And Jared Goff, he can get the job done. He is a a B-minus, C-plus quarterback, which, I mean, it's not like, oh, they're throwing in a rookie in there. It's going to be a disaster. He has experience. He's played in a Super Bowl. He's not going to kill you, and they're continuing to get more talented. Culture is developing. I Again, I don't think they're going to go and make the playoffs, but I think this year is going to be like, okay, the Lions are actually for real, and they're building something. So I definitely expect to see that. So Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, those three to me are kind of a similar group of guys where we've seen what they're capable of. We saw Carson Wentz, capable MVP-like season. Baker Mayfield capable of taking the Browns to the playoffs. And then Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. So, but we're, we're also, we also have seen those three guys struggle at times, maybe not yeah. uh, be the guy that, that can win games and take over a game or, or take a team, you know, really on his back. Um, but yeah, I think Detroit is in a, a really nice position to, to get, you know, to, to probably 500. Let, let's take the next step. Let, let's get to, yeah. let's play some 500 football. Yep. And and be in the mix, even and though now it's a schedule. Knocks. It's we. It's a weird. I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks with the Lions. Their coaching staff is a ton of players' coaches, who the players have bought into. Is what it seems like. These are like uh, Antoine Randall is there. Dan Campbell. A lot of players, former players, are coaching. A lot of young talent. Everyone seems to buy in. Like Dan Campbell was doing burpees with the team, for <laughs> he did fifty with the defense, and I mean. He's just awesome. So shout out to former Aggie great. But he also, he talked about, he was like an understudy to Sean Payton. Sean Payton said, hey, come learn from me. I'll teach you everything I know. And man, I'll take a Sean Payton disciple on my coaching staff any day. All right. So last night I I was spending time with Jody because I was gone for a lot of the weekend with my fantasy uh, football draft and hanging out with my buddies. So last night, because I watched a fun movie. But before that, I turned on the second TV to have a preseason game on. But I wanted to see Sean Payton. So I, I turned it on mute. I was like, I got to hear off mute. I got to hear Sean Payton. So Sean Payton was on the Fox preseason broadcast last night making his debut. And if you've listened to this show, you know I am a Panthers fan. I dislike the Saints very much. And my sports disdain for Sean Payton, strong, high very strong. <laughs> However, last night, I liked him. It was quick. It was short. I didn't listen for, for real long. But my initial gut reaction on Sean Payton being a TV analyst, I'm in. I'm in. I, I, I can't believe it. I, I, it feels weird to even say that. I was like, wait, am I enjoying this? Does he actually have <laughs> – wait, does Sean Payton actually have a likable personality? <laughs> what is – who is this man? So I, I was I was uh, I was I was surprised. I really was. Have you have you still not seen Kevin the Kevin James portrayal no, of I Sean Payton? I need to see that. Yeah, I still don't have Netflix. I still need Netflix. Yeah. So 
So would you call play-by-play with Sean Payton as your color guy? I, I, I think so. Bring it on. I think that's no. I mean, lot. I don't know if he'll be. I don't know if he'll be a good. So he he was a, a pregame guy. So he's oh, essentially oh, oh, oh. he's going to replace Jimmy Johnson, which is nice. Now there's a lot of talk that Sean Payton will come back and coach in the NFL. I'm not so certain. I'm not. I think he he might be onto something here. He might actually like the broadcasting and be good at it. Again, this is a quick, quick response, gut feeling. But I uh, I think he might be. Here's on. the thing. He has nothing more to prove in the NFL unless he's just a crazy person like Tom Brady and just has to stay in the game. True. Understandable. But the schedule, you've already won a Super Bowl. You're a Hall of Famer. Uh, well, the uh, uh, Yeah, what he did in New Orleans, maybe. He makes a case. If Dick Vermeil just got in, that he's probably Well, I'm saying that's probably fear. His success, but the the off the well, on the field stuff, the injury. What was the name of that again? Oh, uh, Gate. Something, Bounty Gate. Bounty Gate. He was a part of Bounty Gate. Ooh, yeah. does that prevent him from getting in? That's interesting. That's interesting. But outside of that, Hall of Famer, nothing more to prove. Man, if you can be good at broadcasting, is it not a no-brainer? Well, think about Bill Cower, because Bill Cower stepped away. You know, he was on, on top of his game in Pittsburgh, and we all assumed. I know as a Panthers fan, hey, come coach the Panthers. You know, it was always that kind of thought with Bill Cowher. Hey, get out of the studio and come coach. Yet he's been there now, I don't know, 15 years or so. That's I'm guessing, but he's been there a long time and never went back. Yeah. And John Gruden, you know, he was gone for a long time. And yeah. He did go back. Um, but, but yeah, I think, the, and of course, John Madden stepped away. So I, I won't be surprised. And Sean Payton's a little older. I mean, he's, he's mid-50s anyway. How, did Dungy retire early or no? Absolutely. Dungy yeah. did. He was probably a little, well, no, he wasn't that much older either. Yeah, that's another example. These guys don't, they don't go back. They love it. Jimmy Johnson, Jason, he was Jason probably Garrett? older too. But Jason Garrett? Well, we'll see. I'm not, as, I'm not as sold on Garrett. <laughs> the jury Garrett was very awkward. much out on Garrett. Have we talked about this on the show? Maybe just I can't. I can't remember if we phone. talked off air, but, but he, was, he was awkward. That was a tough one. So I don't know about, yeah. I don't know about Garrett yet. That's, <laughs> that's a questionable one. All right, let's get back to this. So, um, all right, we'll do a little Super Bowl prediction. Well, we won't say who our Super Bowl champ. We'll say that for next week. Um, but who are your top four teams you expect in the Super Bowl mix, most confident to be in the mix? Uh, for me, it's the Chargers, it's the Colts, it's the Packers, and it's the 49ers. And all four of those teams have good defenses. Defense wins championships. Uh, I buy into that. I also, you know, think about what Green Bay and San Francisco did last year in the playoffs. And uh, that was such a great game. I'd love to see that kind of matchup for the Super Bowl uh, this year, too. So, um, uh, or I guess it wasn't last year, but but I'd like to see those two teams in, in the mix. And then. I, of course, I'm all in on Matt Ryan taking over for the Colts and getting them over the hump, and so they're going to be right there. And then in, in regards to the Chargers, of course, a great defense, but Justin Herbert, as good as any quarterback right now, and their season last year could have gone in either direction because they kept going for it on fourth down. And so if they keep that philosophy, maybe they get some of those fourth down plays. Maybe they get some of those two-point conversions that didn't go their way, and they lost a couple tight games. And hmm. some of those decisions maybe weren't great decisions. And so maybe they choose, hey, let's not go for it on fourth right here. Let's be a little bit wiser. And maybe they've learned from that. Brandon Staley, uh, as, a, as a young coach, learning from that. I think the Chargers will, will be just as good as last year, but actually take a step further 
and then get you know into the playoffs and and deep into the playoffs. So those are the four teams for me. So right off the bat, the Bills. I think after the way they lost last year, they it almost feels like destiny. The they've been slowly. It's not like they were nothing and then they're here. McDermott has been slowly building every year better, every year better. Josh Allen, every year better, every year better. Adding pieces, really pulling for the Bills. So that's one team, the AFC. Raider, uh, uh, I struggle with the Raiders. I want to see Derek Carr do it. He has no excuse after the season. If he doesn't dominate the season, he has no excuses whatsoever. I'm excited to see that. NFC, obviously the Rams. But here's the thing. The division champ of the NFC North. Look out for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. If Aaron like Rodgers... Now, I'm, it's, I still almost have to see it to believe it because Aaron Rodgers continues to be absolutely dominant and he, the Packers are going to be good. But the Vikings, new coaching staff, very, very talented. If they win the NFC North, I could see them making a Super Bowl run. Because the NFC is so wide open. Wide open. Per, perhaps every, I mean, 90% of the good quarterbacks are in the AFC. They're all going to beat each other. I mean, just think of the AFC West division. It's, it's so sad that all those teams can't make the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. The NFC, if you're an NFC team, do what the Rams did and win now. Yeah, have you, true. Have you ever had a bigger window? I know. Come yeah, on. that's yeah. So I'd say look out for the Vikings. If they win the division, they could they could make a Super Bowl run. Uh, yeah, I believe not, in Kirk I'm, Cousins. I'm not, I believe yeah. in Kirk Cousins. He's Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, new coaching staff. I mean, come yeah. on, it's it's set up for him to have a really good season. Uh, absolutely. Is their defense tough enough? Uh, we'll see. Um, but the 49ers are loaded, and if Trey Lance is who the 49ers expect him to be. So the, the jury's still out. We got to see it for a full season if that's the case. And he does a little bit more than Garoppolo, you know, and his legs open up, you know, just more opportunities offensively for San Francisco to complement the, the the tough defense. The 49ers are, can make a deep run. They're well coached. And so I guess I, I just have confidence in the Packers and 49ers because I've seen it. They've got a lot of the same pieces in place. I know the Packers lost Devontae Adams, but – it's a big, it's a big loss, but Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, and and I like some of these other guys. I like Alan Lazard a lot, yep. um, and and so I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna be okay. All right, who do you think will get the first pick in the draft? Who's gonna be the worst team? So I, I think it's 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 kind of obvious that it's the Seahawks, um, because unless they, unless they, oh, you don't think it's obvious? I, they're pretty bad. They're to me, they're they're. It's gonna be a tough season. It's gonna be hard to watch Pete Carroll struggle this way. Um, but if they're thinking Geno Smith or Drew Locke is going to be their answer, and if they think Rashad Penny, then count on him, who's never healthy, I- I'm sorry. And, and you think DK Metcalf's going to be happy this season? You think, you think when, when, when those balls are oh, being thrown way over his head? <laughs> it's going to be a tough year for DK Metcalf. It's going to be because for all those football gurus out there, Harrison on the fantasy call, he talks about this. He's not a separation guy. Like, he's not a guy where, ah, uh, very decent quarterback. Yeah, this guy's going to get open. He's really talented, but, oh, it's going to be tough. I, I would 
I would put the Texans over the Seahawks as having the number one pick. Ooh, I like the Texans. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be in some games. Lovey Smith takes over. They're going to be all right. Yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be uh, six seven wins, probably. That's six. So, we'll say six. Let's say it'd be crazy, but yeah. Well, Whereas, I, so I'll play devil's advocate with myself. Seahawks are in the harder division. Yeah, and the Texans could pick up some division wins. Where the Seahawks, ooh, they're going to go six. Yeah, zero and six. Yeah, I don't know how they win a maybe division Arizona. Game. Maybe they steal an Arizona Sunday late, afternoon game late if if one of those teams is just sitting starters. But ooh, full strength zero and six. I also think Atlanta is going to be bad, so Atlanta could be competing for that. That number I'm one looking spot. forward to seeing Mariota. Like my, I'm keeping my eye on him for fantasy. Everyone's sleeping. No one's drafting him, but like, he's going to be a starting quarterback, and he he's a runner of the football. So. He, he could be scoring like years. I don't know. I, yeah, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not ready to write off Mariota. He. I think he's still got something left in the tank, and it's a prove it year. He's the guy. We'll see. They have no weapons other than Kyle Pitts. It's it's and bleak. Sleep on there. Drake London. Cordero, it's bleak. Cordero Pat- Patterson. It's bleak. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe if somebody. Which got- means he's going to have to run the ball. I know, but it's still there's not enough. It's not they're they're just not good enough. They have no one who they have on defense. I, I mean, they were they overachieved last year, so I have to give them some love for last year. But that was with yeah. Matt Ryan, so I don't know. I'm I'm out on the Falcons. All right, the the most hyped team heading into this season that you're not buying into, and for me, it's easy. It's the Miami Dolphins. A lot of hype coming coming out of that. You know, in that division, them making, you know, well, I guess everybody's got Buffalo winning the AFC East, but Dolphins probably being a wild card. Them even, you know, a lot of people think that they will be better than the Patriots. I'm not so sure of that. I, I don't think so. Um, so I, I'm just not a big Tua guy, and we haven't seen anything from, from Mike McDaniel. I mean, this is a first-time head coach. I, I'm just not, I'm not overly confident. I think Kyle Shanahan's kind of the key in San Francisco so Mike Mike McDaniel's getting some credit and ha, you know has been given a great opportunity in Miami, but with all the stuff with Stephen Ross, I, I'm out. I'm not buying into the hype. So I don't have much data to say this. I struggle to buy into the Chargers. Okay, we will turn off. Your because, mic. But here's the thing: I realize they're so talented, but they were last year and they finished nine and eight. Last year was disappointing, and. But they, they were in every game. Like the I last know. two years, they've been in every game. So they just have to get over the hump. And this is the year. They're going to win like 14 games. It's going to be Ugh. crazy. They're going to win so many games. But the fact they were 9-8 and eight last year is somewhat concerning to me. Because they're so... I mean, do, arguably the best roster in the NFL. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Very few weaknesses. Unbelievable. Yeah. And yet they were 9-8 and eight last year. So that gives me concern. Do I want to see them succeed? Oh, yeah. Huge Justin Herbert fan. I mean, so many players to love and root for. To me, it's one of those believe it when I see it things because last year was so disappointing. Because last year was going to be, all right, big year for the Chargers. 12 wins, dangerous in the playoffs. Nine and eight. Yikes. And and it's fair to question because, of course, they have a tough division with the Raiders, with the Chiefs. And and so – Oh, yeah, at the top of the show, I said the four teams that will not win their division this year that won it last year. So the Titans, the Bucks, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys, 
I just think with the Chiefs, that division is so wide open. So I'm just not convinced that they're gonna they're gonna be the team to do it and again. They have some question marks. And they and, and the way the playoffs ended for them again, I felt I just feel like what in the world happened to Patrick Mahomes in overtime? It was just weird. So there's some some hesitation there. And then with the Cowboys, I'm with you. The Eagles. I just think the Eagles are gonna win the division. So. Um, I, I lean that way. So there you go. There's some of our NFL thoughts. We'll get into a few more next week as we are getting close, close to the start of the NFL season. Oh, can't wait. It's crazy. It's going to be when awesome. I hear Colin Coward's voice Sunday night football for the first time. Colin, Collinsworth, Chris I mean, Colin Coward. Sorry. Chris. Gosh. I don't know why I said Coward. Chris Collinsworth. Jeez. Yeah. Need to no, repent with Mike Tirico with Mike Tirico on Sunday night football. I've been That'd very be pleased fun. with him. Tariq. You can plug Tariko literally anywhere. Yes. And he's going to be good. Not just eh, he's going to be good. Oh yeah, he's you can count you can count on him to a good good listen during a game. No no question. All right, let's say hello to Henry Bienname. He's been uh, working hard on the chat, talking with a lot of our listeners today. So appreciate all the feedback from everybody and all the different responses. Uh, Henry, how you doing? What's going on, boys? Good to be back with you. All right, so let's go ahead and let's jump right into tap drill. Now, I don't know if you've heard the news. LeBron James is sticking with the L.A. Lakers, signed a $97.1 million contract. Not that anybody is really not that anybody really figured that he was going to leave, but it was a significant in the sports in the sports world for the last couple of days. But here's my question, though, is the bigger story LeBron James staying with the Lakers or Russell Westbrook actually a still a Laker. Yeah, I mean, you know, good for good for LeBron to uh, make this commitment, and I think it opens up the possibilities now for the Lakers to feel more confident to trade future draft picks to either move Westbrook or to bring in other pieces to help win around LeBron. That's so, just a crazy sentence. Trade future draft picks to move Westbrook. I know. I know. That's just kind of that's just sad. But I am very surprised nobody's taken the, the the bait as far as, you know, a younger team. Like the, the Thunder have cap space, the Pacers, some of these teams that do, even Utah, that yeah. now are heading in a different direction. Uh, no, one's, no one's been willing to do it. So the fact if, that they're stuck with him is, is crazy. If the Wizards take the bait on Porzingis, True. there's it's, hope it's, for Westbrook. That's I right. mean, the fact that anyone took the bait on Porzingis, <laughs> Westbrook's fine. He's, if if he ever has doubts, oh, am I going to get traded? Oh, yeah, Porzingis got traded. Oh, good. True. And I will say, with Darvin Ham taking over, I'm, I'm somewhat intrigued to see if it's possible he has some different way to incorporate Westbrook. But I think ultimately it comes down to Westbrook is unwilling to change his style of play to try to fit with LeBron. So they just don't work together. And so they've got to move on. But to, say, to, to now know, all right, LeBron, he's still bought into the Lakers. He's not looking to go anywhere. Let, let's try to let's try to go win it. And they, I still think if LeBron's on the team, they have a chance to win it. So I, I know not everybody's that confident in in him and the Lakers as as maybe I am. But but I still think at, the, at this age, it's like we saw Tom Brady open the door for all this too. That that yeah. we can buy into these guys later in their career. That roster was just so catastrophic. Le, LeBron's still LeBron. He's still a twenty five eight and eight guy. Uh, I don't know if I'd quite say he's the best player in the league. But I can't not say he is. I know that's super Mr. in the middle, but the fact that we still have to consider LeBron as the best player in the league means that if he's on your team, you're going to make the playoffs outside of a horrendous roster structure and injuries, 
which is what the Lakers had last year. Still LeBron James, who's still right. so good. So but Absolutely. He's, all he's thinking about is playing with Bronny. So, which which well, is such yeah. a crazy story because Bronny, he's still not expected to be a top draft pick. He's like not he's the a best border. son. The younger it? Bryce. It's Bryce, the same thing with, with LaMelo and uh, Lonzo. Lonzo. LaMelo's the best one, the youngest. Oh, yeah. Bryce James, he's like 6'7". He's huge. So he's how long be, does LeBron have to play to play with him? He's got to be 50. He's got to be 50 to play with Bryce. He what's could do the, it. What's the age gap on that one? LeBron could do it. <laughs> All right, Henry, what's the next one? couple of things before we move on. Not just one team, Bryce, on Porzingis. The Knicks drafted him. The Cowboys, tr- excuse me, the Dallas Mavericks traded for him. And then the Wizards traded for him. So that's three teams that got that got hoodwinked by Porzingis. And he's still going to make money. Yeah, yeah he still Unbe- has a big contract. Absolutely. He still has a big contract. Un- unbelievable. Hey, but Bradley and- Beal, he's a win-first guy. He's glad to have Porzingis there. Oh. And your other point about LeBron James, think about this. If LeBron James at 37 years old is still the best player in the league, what does that say about the rest of the players in the league? No, I think it speaks Oof. to his greatness. I think it speaks to his greatness. But Giannis and Steph Curry, are, to me, are still probably better at this at this point. But as far as most valuable, I mean, yeah, LeBron is still is still that in the mix. Kind of like Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think I think he's going to have a fall off this year. But even the last couple of years, you know, Rodgers has been better, Patrick Mahomes has been better, but Brady's still been more valuable or has been one of the most valuable players in the league. And of course, him taking the Bucks to the Super Bowl is evidence of that. Let's not forget the Lakers won a championship a couple years ago. I, I, I don't like that people just disregard it because it happened in the bubble. It's like it never happened. No, it happened. They won a championship. So, so don't just rule it out that LeBron can't win again at this stage of his career. It's still, it's still possible. He's just playing with a fragile man. So what do they, what do they call him? What do they call him on the bench? The, uh, I can't, Charles Barkley has a name for him. I can't think of it at the moment. I've had NFL on my, on my mind. All right, Henry, what's the next one? (laughs) Speaking of fragile players, staying in basketball, Chet Holmgren, the rookie of the year, hopeful was injured in a pro-am. A pro-am. He wasn't even injured in a preseason game for his team in a pro-am game. Guys, should these professionals who these billion-dollar teams invest in should be playing in anything other than an NBA court? Just real quickly, Charles Barkley calls him street clothes. (laughs) Street clothes. Street clothes. So good. So good. Poor guy. You hate to laugh at somebody's injuries, but that's – but. Anthony Davis, yeah, you know, oftentimes is in street clothes. There's no question. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to me, another if, fragile guy. All right, if you're if you're an NBA player, you love playing basketball. Like you've grown up, you've always been around basketball. You're in a gym, you want to play all the time. Like a lot of these guys, that's just how they are. That's sort of their their mindset. That's their makeup. So they're looking for a game. So in the off season, they play. You know, locally at the gym. You know, they're they're finding basketball games, but. When you hear about players getting injured in, you know, pro and whatever it is, it's not, it ends up not being worth it. It's like, what were you thinking? Like you understand why they love to play and Hey, they're staying active and all that kind of thing. So in some ways it's good, but it's such a risk to play with people that aren't all at the same level. 
you're, to me, you're opening up the door for more injuries. Um, so that would be my, I like get it, but it's like, it's not, it's not worth it. Just stay healthy, practice with your own teammates. And, and if you get, if you get injured practicing with your teammates, Hey, that's part of the deal. But when you get, you know, you get hurt doing something else that's out of sort of the norm, then you can be criticized. I wonder what eighties and nineties players, like how often they played non NBA sanctioned things because I mean, these guys, to your point, they love playing basketball. Like, I, I don't think, you, oh, you get to the NBA, all right, you can only practice with your team. Like, there's there's benefit to playing scrimmages, pickup games, but I agree with you on there's wisdom and discernment on who you're playing with. If you're going to the Y or the park and playing with knuckleheads or taking your legs out from under you, yeah. diving at loose balls at your knees, yeah. like, I understand, like, maybe stay away. But there's a lot of pro-ams with really good players, former D1 guys, overseas guys. If it's good ball, you should be playing because playing is what gets you better. But if, you, if you're just drilling all day long, you're going to be trash. You have to play. So it's just about, like, are you playing with knuckleheads or are you playing with dudes that can actually play who have body control? Or, or how about this? How about you just rest in the offseason so that you can play a full NBA season that you're making ridiculous money to play in? So instead well, of the instead yeah. of the off nights, the uh, the rest, what do they call it? I can't rest think of nights. No, what do they call it? With LeBron, he, he always takes the, uh, the the rest. It's like to me, load management. There it there is. There you go. Thank you. Load Henry. management. Thank you, Henry. Load management. Enough of the load management. Just rest in the offseason. Take care of your body. And, and be ready for the season. That's what I would say. And, and speaking of Chet Holmgren, not that I want to be right about this. No, I do want to be right. I don't think Chet Holmgren is going to be a big-time NBA player. So he's going to be a letdown. He's going to be a disappointment. And, and this sort of is already putting him down that, that path, which is, which is tough for him. So you How already hear the injury stuff. How see like, just his body type? Now, Giannis is an outlier that he's really beefed up. Oh, And from Brook, I mean, it's unbelievable. But Porzingis, nope. Chet Holmgren, I do. I, I want him to succeed. I want him to dominate. But right now, he is frail. Frail. If Anthony Davis can't survive playing the five a full season, if not four, why on earth will Chet Holmgren? So, I don't know. Maybe we pump the brakes a little bit. But, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. No amount, I don't think any amount of rest for some players in the offseason make a difference. Porzingis could sit in rest an entire summer, and he's going to miss 30 games every year. It's likely, for sure. Henry, next one. All right, we're going to stay in the NBA, and we're going to go to our friend Udonis Haslam, who's in year 20 with the Miami Heat. Now, guys, we all know about Udonis Haslam. We know that back in the day he was the guy. He's he's what we would call a glue guy. He's the guy that keeps the chemistry together, keeps the team focused. But when was the last time we saw Udonis Haslam play in an actual NBA game? Should he just retire? And can we just call him assistant coach officially? Because in essence, he's just a coach that's wearing a uniform, isn't he? I love this. I love that he still plays year number 20 with the same team. So it's him, your boy Dirk, and Kobe Bryant. Those are the guys that played 20 years uh, with with one team. Uh, Did Tim Duncan make it to 20? 19. He made it to 19. So yeah. that that that's pretty cool that that Udonis Haslam has been able to play this long. Now he's not 
it hasn't contributed in probably five years uh, in any significant way. But to me, there's something about the role of the veteran player in the locker room where I'm sure he has a relationship with the coaches. He has a relationship with the players. He's sort of the go-between. And you got to have guys like that, that that have been around, that understand it, that can communicate with the coaches and say, hey, here's how players are really feeling. Now, you've got you to gain the trust of the players to where you're not, you know, a tattletale or whatever to, to, to the coaches. So you have to, you have to, you know, be smart about that. But I, I think it's really valuable. And if you're Miami, you already have 10 guys that are great contributors. So your 14th guy, you just need him to bring value to the team. Well, Haslam brings value to the team at, with that type of veteran leadership. And a lot of teams are looking for it. They don't have it. Miami's got it with Haslam. That's why they keep paying him to, to be a player. And, and let's face it. I'm sure he's a player coach. I don't think he needs the title. That's where I come out on it. So we don't know necessarily his impact in practice. I know he has a huge, a huge impact locker room wise, but can we put an asterisk on him? Oh, one of few to play 20 years with the same team. No, that's not the same. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Oh, he did not play 20 years. Okay. Let's look back. I pulled up. The number of games he's played, 2016, 16 games, 28, 2017, 14, 2018, 10, 2019, 4, 2020, 1, 2021, 13 games. He's played 14 games, 18 games the last three seasons. He's on the roster. Great. He's making an impact. But inevitably, when he's announced as, oh, like Kevin Garnett, like Dirk, like Kobe, these guys stayed with the same team their whole careers Let's tip our caps to them. Let's give them their flowers. Nope. Haslam is not the same. He does not play. Even Dirk, Mr. Fragile, played like 50 games his last year. So, I don't know. I struggled to say, oh, yeah, he made it. He impact player for 20 years. He was on the roster. Great. On the roster. But still, but th- that, that list is small. So, he's still got to be on the list. Keep him on the list. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, but I he's not, he's not like a uh, – He's still on the roster because of – legacy but but how many people have been able to say that I, I know. he's done something unique it's cool he's it in, unique he's, he's one of it one is unique i love it well guys let me ask you this question let me ask you a follow-up question do we give more more credence to udonis haslam playing for one team or do we give more credence to a guy like vince carter who played for more than one team but played for over 20 years mm. well vince had a wonderful career never won a championship but was a, a top-level player. He's a Hall of Fame player. And, and, yeah, he was willing to sacrifice toward the end of his career, which I thought was really cool, willing to come off the bench, willing to be a three, became more of a three-point shooter versus being a, a highlight reel every night, a dunker. So, yeah, I don't know if that, that's a tough compare. That's an interesting comparison, Henry. That's a tough one, though, because Vince is just such a, a more important player, a better well, player. Well, because Vince, Vince was brought into play to make an impact. Old guy, he's going to play. Yeah, he's going to be a leader in the locker room, but yeah. he's going to play. Udonis does not play. He's not there to play in games. He's there for practice and for leadership. He's, he's, a, he's a Jared Dudley with a roster spot. Jared <laughs> Dudley for the Mavs. He's going to be a player's coach, super smart, going to have, be a huge locker room culture guy, but doesn't have a roster spot. You don't, you don't, Haslam is a coach with a roster spot. That's fair. Henry, last one. All right, now one guy that we don't want anywhere near a locker room 
<laughs> a team or even a TV for that matter is Urban Meyer. The Fox Noon, the Fox Big Noon team is going on the road this year, Small and of course now. they're bringing back Coach Urban Meyer. Now, guys, do we really need Urban Meyer back on our TV? Do we really need him back in football? Period. No, thank you. You know, to me, I don't understand why he should be associated, especially this soon, after how bad things went in Jacksonville. I mean, that was ugly. From off the field to on the field to coaches, players, fans. I mean, everybody. We're all like, and now he's going to be an analyst in college football? Come on. If there aren't better people than him, what are we doing? I mean, I, I just don't get it. I don't even I don't even find him to be that great on TV to to then sort of justify or overlook the other stuff. To me, it's just not worth it. Um, so I'm disappointed. You know, I like when there are challenges in 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 sports TV where other channels you know put together a great lineup of, of shows or whatever to, so that we we all benefit as fans. Sorry, Fox. This isn't going to cut it. <laughs> I mean, to, to turn all over from college game day. Are you kidding me? To watch Urban Meyer? I, it's just it's not even close. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm disappointed that Kirk Herbstreit's yeah. doing Amazon, and, and so he's not going to be as focused on college football this year. He can pretend like he is, but he's just not because he's going to be <laughs> focused on the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that takes you know, so it opens up the door. Yeah. For Fox to step in because Herbstreit's not going to be on his A game. Well, he, well still, yeah, because he's he's focusing on still. Tariq Hill. That's right. Tariq Hill, exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Brady. <laughs> exactly. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say so, that. So were we ever blown away with Urban Meyer, though, with his analysis? I don't Never think. blown away by anything. I wonder why he wants to. Maybe he's trying to resurrect. I don't know. Trying it, to I resurrect? Mean, it's certainly, it's... <laughs> trying yeah. to... Trying to... <laughs> Re, re well, it's not like his, a legend uh, falling from grace in regards to broadcaster. Like, I don't think people were tuning in to Fox to, gosh, I, I definitely never woke up on a Saturday morning to watch Urban Meyer. I woke up to watch college game day from 8 to 11 with Agreed. my roommates yeah. What college. mascot head is Urban Meyer putting on? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I mean, was he even a good broadcaster the first time around? Did we notice anything about him the first time? He was on Fox. Oh, was on uh, the Fox broadcast. Then wow. he went to coaching, and it, it just—you know—coaches make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. The coaches will make mistakes, but everything this guy touched turned to mud. Everything, the press conference, the hiring yeah. of his coaches—he he couldn't do anything right. No. Like, to be fair, I'd still rather have Urban Meyer on Fox than Vern Lundquist at the Masters. Hey, come on. <laughs> Don't talk about here Vern we go. Like that. Uncle Vern. Here we go. Get here, here we that. go. Get out of here. Come on, Vern. Just end it. Just end Luke, it. We talked about Tom Brady. The, the call it a day, Vern. Just call it a day, man. You're, you're, it's just your 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 exit from your legacy is getting worse and worse. And now to sixteen. All right, Vern. We'll hear from you in an hour. And now to sixteen. Hey, no, not, no one says it. it better. No <laughs> one says and on to sixteen better. Well, no, than I Uncle hear him, Vern. and I'm like, wait, am I watching the two thirty CBS game? Oh, wait, it's the Masters. Throws me for a loop every time. It's great. It's great. <laughs> All right, Henry, good stuff. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks to Luke. Awesome show. Uh, thanks, everybody, listening today. We'll be back next Monday, Lord willing, to Eastern. 
And I look forward to talking to you then. We'll be back tomorrow for the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. Uh, Enjoy. uh, Check that out. Encourage you to check that out. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, I always enjoy talking fantasy. Uh, Just came off my big fantasy draft weekend. So we'll share a little bit about that tomorrow uh, on the show. Uh, Also, if you haven't subscribed to the Unpack This Devotional, check out unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Today we talked about the... Baltimore Ravens winning in preseason because they have a winning culture, a winning mentality, a winning approach. That's who they are. And so for us as followers of Jesus, that's what we're all about. We're following Jesus. It doesn't matter about preseason, regular season. We're in what happens at at work, church, home, neighborhood. We're in. How can we bring glory to God? How can we do everything with, with an attitude of excellence, an attitude of I'm doing this not for man, but I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm living for him. I'm, I'm, I'm living for his glory and his honor to make much of him, to point people to him, understanding his weight, understanding how amazing and powerful he is. And, and so we live in that way uh, you know, every day, every situation, that type, that type of mentality, that type of desire. Uh, the way that the, the, the Ravens step onto the field, no matter what, no matter if it's preseason week two or, or week eight during the regular season, they're there to win. Uh, so, uh, so what does that look like to have that kind of mentality in our own lives? But for Luke, Henry, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.